Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It might seem like we only release a Giants episode only after they lose, but we promise that's not the case. Schedules are just nuts. The New York football Giants fell to 1-3 this past weekend when the Saints came marching in to MetLife Stadium. And we can't help but get the feeling of the more things change, the more they stay the same with the New York football Giants. 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 We are here, and there is a different face. There's a different voice this week with a close friend of mine. So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. And then at this point, what happens is it is an intro song plays. You play an intro song, yeah. I listen. I, I, uh, I edit. I edit this part out. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Housekeeping items. Follow me on Twitter at jpenix74. I tweet about the Giants. I tweet about the Yankees. It's a big night for the Yankees. We're recording this on Wednesday night. And um, if you're a first time listener, this is a podcast called Bleeding Blue about the Evil Empire Yankees, the New York Football Giants. And um, yeah, that's uh, my name's Justin. I'm a transplanted Giants fan, Yankee fan in DC. I'll be back in Jersey in December. But most importantly, introducing new to the podcast, but close friend, David from New York. David from New York. I'm I'm from New York. Like I'm there. I'm not like in Queens as we speak. Not like a fake. Jersey person that says that they're just from New York. No, you're from I'm actually New York. Yeah. I, I actually know what I'm talking about. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> how does a how does a how does a boy how does a boy from Queens become a Yankee fan? Um family. Family that has the right idea about life and they raised you that way. And there's pictures of me at three years old wearing Yankees jackets that I have no memory of. So Yankees fan through and through, Giants fan through and through. There you go. There you go. There you go. So um this past Sunday, David, I believe it was a score of thirty-three to eighteen. 18? Yeah. New York football giants lose. They do. We've gotten used wasn't to it. Yeah, wasn't a wasn't a fun time. Wasn't a fun time. <laughs> no. What's your what's your overall what give me now now because we've had a few episodes to start the year. Basically, we we've had we didn't have an episode when they when they won last week against the Texans, but we've made sure that we had an episode every time that they've lost. Well, not on, not on purpose. So give me, give me, give me at least before at least before this week against the Saints. Give me your overall like kind of like brief week to week reaction, week to week kind of like feelings. What are you feeling? Maybe what you were feeling about this team heading into the season, and give give me the little bit of a breakdown that you that you got. 
week one, I was I was very excited. I was very excited to see Saquon Barkley. Justin, I know we've had a lot of conversations leading up to this draft and leading up to the season. Um, and I know where you stand. I'd like to make it known that I am a supporter of the Saquon Barkley uh, drafting, and we talked a lot about this. Um, I am I, as I saw you as I saw somebody put in a tweet today. I don't remember what beat writer it was said something about the um, Eli Manning apologists, and I am a proud Eli Manning apologist. Oh, we're gonna have fun today, though. I know we are. That's why I wanted to come on. I was so I was very excited when I not only to come on just in general, but especially given the circumstances right now, I was very excited to come on. Yeah, I was excited to see them go. Uh, excited to see them, you know, this kind of new look team. And I think the defenses look good uh, week in, week out. They, they, they looked, I actually think a lot better than 33 points this, uh, this past Sunday. Uh, they were stellar against Houston. They played very well against Dallas outside of that, uh, the first play of the game, like the first drive of the game against Junior Jenkins, where he just fell down. Right. Um, and they uh, they look good against Jacksonville too. Um, they actually look very good against Jacksonville. I. It's a shame because this feels like uh, this feels like the team. This feels like the team of last year. It's a very similar uh, similar feeling where you just say the defense can't be on the field this much and they can't be expected to make stop stop after stop against high powered offenses. I tweeted this as a response to uh, Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider's fantastic, by the way. He's a um, he's at Dan Schneider NFL. He's a Giants beat writer. He's a pro football fantasy, pro football focus writer, and he's fantastic. If you really want to get in, like into the X's and O's of football, as opposed to just kind of like what we do, is we just talk arbitrarily and we kind of fool around with it. If you really want to get into like the X's and O's, I know he has a podcast. It's called Big Blue. Blue. Big blue banter. But anyway, I tweeted as a response to one of his tweets this past Sunday. And I said, one of the most frustrating parts about this Giants team, and this is pretty similar to last year. It's pretty similar to basically I all these years, probably going back to 2015, where we had that year where we would just we had the lead heading into like the last four minutes of the game. And then either Preston Parker. Preston Parker. What that's a classic. So when Preston Parker had all those drops to start, pretty much he lost us the first two games of that 2015 season, pretty much every year from 2015 on to now. The thing that's most frustrating about this New York football Giants team is that we are the so close yet so far team where you just feel like, oh, but if we can just put this together and if we can just do this or if we can just make this right, do this right, then we're there. We're golden, and we're going to start winning football games on a consistent basis. But every single year, it's been the offensive line, or it's been the defense, or it's been the lack of a running game, or it's been Eli doesn't have enough weapons. It's always been this one thing, and it changes every year. That when is enough? When is enough? Is it you know when are fans just really going to stand up and say enough is enough? So that that's my most frustrating part about at least these last few seasons, and we're seeing it again this year. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, this year especially, they got just shellacked against Dallas. And I hate to say that because I hate them above most everything, but I, Dallas just, they just did not come ready to play. That was, that I mean, was no, the, I, that's, the, that's the one game this season that I look at and I say they just weren't ready to play. They were not well, ready, I, they weren't ready to compete. 
Yeah, I don't think they were ready to play because they think they were outcoached. Absolutely. Unlike Jacksonville and, I mean, you know, maybe we, maybe you can kind of argue on both sides here, where you put you put it on the shoulders of maybe coaching during the Saints, but I mean, really, I put it on the shoulders of Eli. I know you're going to. I know, I know, but in past games, unlike unlike Jacksonville, where physically they're outmatched you know jacksonville probably has one of the most complete rosters in the national football league i would say maybe besides their skill position players especially when fournette's not healthy but your skill position players as we are seeing with the new york football giants your skill position players are only as good as your quarterback is going to take them and as your offensive line is going to take them so you know you can have all those skill flashy skill position players and that defense is just absolutely elite and when your defense is late, you're going to go places. But so besides Jacksonville, the only team that I really felt that we were outmatched against is, you know, maybe the Saints. Because I think the Saints have a solid defense, at least going into the season. People thought that they were going to have a solid well, defense I mean, and a better they're, defense. They're the, they're the tale of two defenses because they've got yeah. coming into the game. I don't know what they are now. I don't know if it's changed, but I know they it's were. Bad. They were the number one run defense and the number 32 pass defense, which annoys right. me. And we can get into this in a second, but it, it annoyed me that we refused to attack their weakness. We refused right. to attack their uh, the weakness, which we knew coming in. Every, the entire world knew coming in was the secondary. And I don't understand what why we decide that five-yard crossing routes are the answer. But I don't get paid the big bucks. I don't know. Well, one of the things that we thought that we were going to get with the change of coaching regimes was common sense. <laughs> and I, you know, I, you know, you make, you make, you put the emphasis on common sense of, you know, like David said, running crossing routes on a third and 13. No bueno, no <laughs> bueno, you know, trying to get Saquon going, but continually trying to pass the ball on first and second down. No bueno, especially when you're going to be so conservative in your play calling that you're going to be throwing four or five yard passing routes. Why not give Saquon the ball and try to get him four or five yards? And at this point, Saquon, and I, and I and ironically enough, giving Saquon the ball is our home run play. We're actually putting the ball in Eli Manning's hands and trying to get the ball to Odell Beckham within five within a five to ten yard radius. That's the short, conservative, safe play calling, as opposed to giving the ball to Saquon, where he's our home run hitter, which is crazy. Crazy. Saquon has all of our big plays this year. He had 44 or 48 yards or 44 yards this past weekend. 24 yards came on one carry. He had nine, he had ninety or something over a little little over hundred yards first week. Sixty eight of those yards came on one carry. So that's the crazy part that Saquon is the guy that this offense currently looks to to be the home run hitter as a running back running the ball, but well, yet we're not utilizing him. Well, oh no, I agree. I, I don't think I think they are utilizing him. I mean, if you remember after the Dallas game. People were the Giants were getting attacked for the fact that Saquon Barkley had how many catches was it? Fourteen catches. Yeah, he broke the um, franchise broke record. A franchise record for for rookie. But no, 
he broke Tiki's record. Nice. He broke Tiki's record. I yeah. Guy's making a name for himself. Well, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's making a name for himself when he's catching the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage, which is not well, what, what you I, want. What I think is important to note, and I don't know. I mean, we can argue all day whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's important to remember also, I believe, I don't know about the Dallas game. It's the only one I'm not sure about. But outside of that, he's had 100 scrimmage yards all he had, he's had 100 scrimmage yards in the in three games of the first four. I just don't know about the Dallas game um, because he had all he had all those catches, but I don't know if they really went for anything. Um, and he's got three touchdowns. He's he's got a, he's got a touchdown every game except for the Dallas game. So I think I have I have absolutely no problem with him being the go-to guy. I think you drafted him second overall. It would be foolish if he was just another cog in your machine. Like I think he should be. Your go-to, especially with an admittedly aging quarterback. Um, I think what this team needs to realize is that Eli is no longer at a point where he's going to be your guy. He's not going to make your offense. But I think the point behind Dave Gettleman's offseason, and even going back to, going back to dare we say, Jerry Reese's time, um, I think the drafting and the offseason acquisitions and, and the releases and the people they've let go and whatever they've done, I think it's been with the idea that Eli Manning's not going anywhere, but you need to start surrounding him with people who can make up for another year, make up for another, uh, you know, the ball might not, might not be coming out as crisp as it once did. Not that the ball ever came out all that crisp, but of Eli Manning's hand, let's be honest. But one of the most painful things is to watch a slow motion a slow motion pass from uh, Eli Manning and watch like the wobble of a helicopter as it, as it gets to the receiver. But I think we need to realize, I think some people there are there it's people want to get so cut and dry with Eli and they want to say either he's the 2011 Eli Manning, he's the 2008 Eli Manning even, or he's done and he's crap and he's garbage. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I think he, I mean, the point is, People are going to say, oh, but it's screen passes. It's underneath routes. He's completing 73% of his passes. He's never complete 73% of his passes in his entire career. He's thrown He's thrown one interception in four games, which Eli Manning has never done in his career, I don't think. He's got a couple touchdowns. He's not going to put up big, gaudy numbers, and I think it'd be foolish for people to think he was going to. I think that's the reason why they drafted Saquon Barkley. Um, because you've got Odell, you've got Sterling Shepard, and Cody Latimer, who I'm a big fan of, actually. I think he's played pretty well. He seems to stay healthy. Evan Ingram, same thing. But you draft Saquon, I think the, the, the logic behind that is not we're going to create this juggernaut of an offense. I think the, the, the logic is Eli Manning is still by far our best course of action, is still by far our best chance at winning football games right now. And if we put the guys around him, he can be a part, he can be, he can fit into this offense. He can be a game manager. I hate that term, but he can be a game manager. And he, he knows where to put the ball. He knows who to get the ball to. Now, the problem is I think Pat Shermer has been atrocious in the first four games. And I think we're not, I, I think all of that logic is sound, but for some reason it's not translating to play calling and to understanding the personnel we have on the field. All right, you mentioned the completion percentage. Oh we'll, boy! Oh, you mentioned the, no, you mentioned the completion percentage, and that's what 
Eli apologists and Eli um, Eli advocates, that's what they're looking towards. And they've always said, you know, and, and the explanation is just like you said, he's never had this high of a completion percentage. What made Eli during his 2011 years, what made Eli, I mean, I'm, I'm especially going to look towards those two years because those two years were Eli's best years. I would say, I would say his best, his, the best years of his career were between 07 and like 12. Yeah. Like those, Which, like 08, he was, he was on fire. That team was really good. Yeah. Which is understandably the prime of a NFL quarterback's years. Those are yeah. his prime years. He was, yeah. that's in between his fifth season and even i mean that's a he had a pretty good stretch of good football that resulted in two Super Bowls. but what made eli especially in kevin Kildrive's offense <laughs> what made eli so good and i and i kind of want to ask you this question and then maybe i can give my own answer but hopefully our answers kind of like line up what made him so good during those years and in that offense i think there were two things that made him particularly good one that offensive line was fantastic. Two, and I think this is the answer you want me to give you. Um, he was a gunslinger. He threw the ball down the field. He he stretched he stretched the field. He used his weapons that weren't even necessarily there in all those years. And he was he was actually one of the better deep ball quarterbacks in the NFL. But I don't think it's crazy for a thirty six year old quarterback to. With, with a struggling offensive line, when you can't get your foot into any throws, I know you're going to say the offensive line performed this week, and I agree, they actually did. But I think the problem is, right now we're, we're in a situation, and I, I'll let you answer in a second, but I, I think right now we're stuck in a situation where the offensive line underperforms, or performs as we expect them to, unfortunately. And Eli's getting crushed, he's running for his life, whatever. The man is he, 36. He, he ain't running. Eli ain't, Eli ain't running. Eli, okay. Oh, man. Okay. He can't. He can't. That's the problem. That's like, not the he problem. Can't run. You mean to tell me. You mean to tell me. If if the Giants had, let's see. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to pick a guy who has the same arm talent as Eli. Um, Give me, like, let's just, let's just say Nick Foles. Okay. Like okay. not like a guy like a guy that that's kind of like you mentioned a game manager, but also at the same time, like you can honestly look towards anybody in the NFL, anybody in the NFL, especially since the wave of kind of like you know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they're kind of like really th that kind of quarter that kind of pocket quarterback passer is a dying breed. You look at all of these "quote unquote" franchise quarterbacks, and I put "franchise quarterback" in quotes because Matt Stafford. You know, every basically every time a quarterback's contract is up, that's somewhat of a recognized as a franchise quarterback. They will be the highest paid player in the NFL. You look at all of those guys; they are, they can move, and it's. I'm not saying that they're Mike Vick, but. Offensive line play in today's NFL is so, so mediocre. So you need a quarterback that can extend plays. And I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers or Mike Vick, but you need a quarterback that can do that. And Eli just can't. See, he cannot. Here's my, here's my question. Here, and, and I've seen this multiple times 
uh, throughout the interwebs. But I I understand that logic that you know it, it's it's kind of like a like we talk about how coaches need to coach to their personnel, right? Um, I understand the logic of you have a bad offensive line, so you need to get a quarterback who can run. You need to get a quarterback who can at least move in the pocket. Right. Who can who can who can work a pocket, work the work the whole field. I don't know. I honestly feel like I would rather have a quarterback who is comfortable to stand stand tall in the pocket and get the ball out in two two point three seconds to Odell Beckham on a slant, which he is probably the best receiver we've ever seen run a slant route. Um, I feel like, which is then where I say, you just got to give Eli like a half second longer. That's all he needs. Now, the one thing I will get on Eli for, and this is frustrating, this, is, this, this has been his entire career. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you remember this. This is a, this is a, a while ago now. Do you remember prior to the 2007 season, okay, I think it was Jerry Reese, went on a radio show and called Eli Manning, quote-unquote, skittish? Do you remember that? That was like, it was like, like front-page news. That sounds like something Tiki Barber would say. It does, actually. You're right. And Tiki, well, I'm sure he reiterated that at some point. But sure, if there, if, was there Twitter in 2007? I'm sure Tiki Barber definitely retweeted that. <laughs> Probably. Um, but he but went on there and called him skittish, and that was before obvious. That was before Eli necessarily proved himself for anything, um, because his entire career, people have gotten on him for kind of having happy feet in the pocket. Kind of you know the offensive line breaks down a little bit, he panics, throws the ball off somebody's head, and you know it's a popped up interception or something like that. And yeah, that happens from time to time with Eli. This season, I have noticed, especially the Dallas game was was, was hard to watch. In this sense, he was very uncomfortable in the pocket. He didn't want to. You could tell he he didn't want to move, but he also didn't want to stay still because he didn't want to die. So he kind of had this like he was throwing off his right foot, just kind of like falling forward, just kind of like chucking the ball in a certain direction. He looked totally out of sorts and and totally, you know, discombobulated, to use a great word. Um. And I think, and then against Houston, he he looked really comfortable in the pocket. And again, now on Sunday, this past Sunday, I think he looked uncomfortable again. Um, which is so, which is so frustrating because he was getting nailed during that Houston game. Agreed. He was getting yeah. nailed, but against this Sunday, there was not a time, not one time, where I said the offensive line sucks. <laughs> you know, they they played well. In terms of their pass ball, and you want to know why? The Saints have the you said, you know, we already said, and I think it's a well-known fact that the Saints have the worst secondary in the NFL. So if they rush any more than four guys, they should be getting torched. If they rush any more than four guys, then that's bad news. That's a bad matchup. You're putting you're putting Shepard, you're putting Beckham one-on-one. Elson's, you know, even though Engram's out, Red Elson's a reliable, you know, big target. Russell Shepard, who I thought played great. I, who is this guy? I thought Russell Shepard really showed some good poise, especially when Odell. There was one play, and if you uh, follow Dan Duggan on I do, Twitter, I do. 
there was one of there was one of these plays where Eli missed Beckham one of the three four times that he missed Beckham, whether he tried to intend to throw the ball to him or not. Beckham was like walking off the field and he looked like he was done. Russell Shepard pulled him on, you know, just little things like that showed poise. So that was impressive. I forget my overall point. What was I going to say? That's unfortunate when that happens. That is unfortunate. Oh no, the offensive <laughs> line. The off- no, the offensive line looked good, and, and everybody else around Eli did what they had to do. And that's what's so frustrating is that okay, after Houston, we th- we you know we're I don't I don't think any I I hope I really hope um, if you're a smart Giants fan, you're not really saying to yourself okay, Eli Manning's back, and we're ready to just go on to this huge winning streak. You hope you hope that's the case. You hope that's the case, but it's you know it's unlikely. And the logic would have is that if Eli Manning could stand in there against J.J. Watt, who took over that football game, and he's continued to take over that team, and he really pushed them to that win this weekend against, I think they played the Colts, but I think he had another another three-sack game. That dude's just unbelievable. But if he could do that against them, and they're bringing five guys every single snap, and and they're putting six guys in the box every single play because they can, and the Saints are only rushing four. You know, you think the logic would add up. Well, Eli can have a day. He's going to have a clean pocket. Didn't see it. Didn't see. And you mentioned the footwork. The footwork. I have not seen the footwork from Eli Manning be what it should be since 2014. When Ben McAdoo came in and he tried switching the, the feet, he tried switching his foot placement on shotguns. I thought that was a really good move, and I thought Eli's footwork in 2014 was as great as it as as it ever was. It's gone down ever since, and I I just think the dude is just shell shocked. Like I kind of I kind of had this thought today of Eli Manning. He and this is this may be an obvious statement, but if you were to ask Eli Manning to relive. The helmet catch play from 2008 and the, what did I call it? I called it something very unique and very special. Um, Are we talking about the Manningham play? Yeah. If you were, to, yeah. And if you were to also ask Eli to relive the 2011 prayer to Manningham on the sideline, no way in hell he can make those throws again. No well, way in yeah, hell. Yeah, of course not. But like, Especially the Manningham throw. The Manningham throw is like one of the most ridiculous throws I think I've ever. No, but seen. And, and I'm not and I'm not just saying that. Oh, if you know, obviously because those plays are just so special that if you you know you can't just ask to just boom snap your fingers and then recreate that. But my overall point is that Eli Manning cannot escape the pocket. Which I mean, I guess that's just so surprising that he did that in the first place. That's why that makes that helmet catch play so magnificent and marvelous to begin with. But. Even his ability to just stand in the pocket, NFC Championship 2011, Eli Manning stood in the pocket and took the beating and still delivered the football. That's what quarterbacks are supposed to do. That's what franchise quarterbacks are supposed to do. I don't think we we should give Eli Manning a pass just because he's Eli Manning at this point in his career, I'm not saying that if this is 20, if Eli is 25 years old, yeah, you give him time to develop. But he's a 37 year old quarterback. What what are we waiting for? We we the Giants have been one of the most embarrassing franchises ever since they won the Super Bowl. 
They've been one of the most embarrassing franchises that haven't been able to go anywhere since they won a Super Bowl. And they've tried to strip everything down and do it over again. And now they can't even and they can't they can't even do that right. So I or, or no, they technically haven't stripped everything down and tried to do it over again, which has been which has been one of my which has been one of my issues about about the team. So you know, and it's surprising. It's you know, we find it every week that it's just surprising that we have this expectation going in every week that they're gonna put it together and fans are confident. I was I I was duped again. I was confident heading into the Saints. Oh, this is a bad secondary. We did well against the Texans. Let's see what we can do. Confident against Carolina this week. This guy. I I'm I'm I am no. I'm I'm not. Why Uh, not? I am. I am not. I I think I think Carolina has a. I don't know how many guys are left on that team from the Dave Gettleman years. I mean, I'm sure quite a few. You know, Cam Newton, um, (laughs) Thomas Davis is still on that team. I I just I think Carolina has a. Keekly, I think Carolina oh, yeah, yeah. has a, I think Carolina has a nasty taste in their mouths from um from Dave Gettleman. They give Khalil a bit Khalil's still on the team. They give Khalil a big contract when he's not even that good. So I, I think they have a nasty taste in their mouth for uh for Dave Gettleman and kind of like the years that they that they, you know, the kind of like the, the especially the contract holes that they put them in. And also yeah, Carolina, yeah. they're just very Giants don't do well against mobile quarterback. That's well, that's what I'm thing. worried about. That's my number one thing. My number one fear is, and I was shocked um, that when they played Houston, we didn't see more of it. Um, yeah, which is silly. Well, I like, think it's because Deshaun Watson. I just don't think he's 100. percent I still don't think he's 100. percent But then why? Then why play him? Well, who's their backup? I don't care. I think franchise, they do. They they, they appear to care. quarterback. Franchise um, quarterback. All right, but anyway, anyway. Um, uh, Eli, Eli, Eli. It, it's 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 bad. I know well, you're gonna. I, think... I it's no it, no it's it's so it's it's so bad. It's so bad. What look is at, look, What's follow, bad? Follow, follow, look at follow people on Twitter. Follow people. I, follow I, gave, I gave you. People. I gave you some people. NYG Daily is. I follow. Fa- he's, I follow he's a pretty, tons of people. But just follow Giants people on Twitter that do like gifts and do Baldy breakdowns. Oh, follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter. Oh my God, he does breakdowns of everything, and he loves getting on the Giants, and I love it because I love getting on the Giants. And Eli has clean pockets. This is the first time. No, 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 no. This is no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is the first time since like. It, like three years that Giants fans can't use the excuse that the offensive line play was bad. This is the first time in three years that they can use it. And I just don't understand what what do you see? And now, you, obviously, all right, this is what I kind of want to move on to. You kind of talked about Sherman or Sherman, Richard Sherman. Pat Sherman? Yeah, you talked about Pat Sherman and some of his play calling. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Pat Shermer went on WFAN today or yesterday or whenever, Monday. I don't even know when it was. The play that Wayne Gallman fumbled, right? Yes. Play oh, was I know, designed. I already know what you're going to say. I saw it on Twitter. Play was designed to go downfield. Eli Manning continuously, continuously, including third and 13. The Saints are rushing three. Odell Beckham Jr. and Russell Shepard both go on corner routes 
past the first down marker. Eli Manning has a clean pocket, chooses to dump the ball down to Sterling Shepard, who threw a chip block. He was a guy who threw a chip block on a defensive end before going out for a pass. So basically, only two guys were rushing the passer. And on a third and 13, chooses to dump it down two yards in front of the line of scrimmage, where it's Sterling Shepard versus five people all running to the ball instead of trying to push the ball downfield to Old Beckham. It's so, so frustrating watching this week after week where I get it. Eli, high completion percentage, low interception numbers. What did we kill Eli for early in his career? Being inconsistent, throwing the interceptions. I get it. I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Wish we had some of that ballsy Eli back. I... I I completely understand what you're saying. I really do. And I I was I was I happened to have the misfortune of being at the game um on Sunday. And by misfortune I mean it's quite the fortune. But it was a beautiful day though. It you was can't gorgeous deny that it was, it was gorgeous. Day. It was gorgeous. But there were so many fans fans there and uh they just get I was really and tired also, of, and also, I was really tired have... of hearing who that like I was Oh really... hold that hold that hold that thought. Can we I cause I want to move on to something that isn't like Eli Manning for like two seconds. What do you think of MetLife? I hate it. Oh my god! Thank, thank you. Why do you hate, hate it? it? It has absolutely zero appeal. It has absolutely zero charm. It is a big gray box. Oh, if we can agree on one thing, it's this. terrible. I and I happen to be there quite a bit. I, I, I just dislike it so much, and I, and I think. It was really hard to go down from the eyesore that was the original Giant Stadium, and they found a way to do it. Did they just add a pyrotechnics yeah. to this thing? <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Like it's it's really terrible. At least that had like character to it, you know. Yeah, it had like that old, like the whole, like, the whole, uh, the whole like um, windy the spiral ramps, the spiral ramps, yeah. and that yep. one long ass escalator. <laughs> That you would be on for 40 minutes going an out after the game. And of course, you know, you know, the you know, the red seats, and I guess that made it like something that made it like Giants Stadium. And of course, you know, because the Jets are also playing here, that the seats at the whole why gray? Why it's a gray neutral color. Neutral color. It's that's why. They spent more money on and I get it, it's like taxes and manpower and wages and whatever they have the freaking eighth wonder in the world in arlington with art and like i blame the jets you be uh, all right i blame the jets it's their fault and that and that just makes it so much worse like when you lose a football game and you're like walking out of that place and it's just it's got nothing to uh, it it's, it's gross it has no character it has no feel Ugh. Like anyway. I like hanging out. I like hanging out. No, I could. No, I want to talk about. I I could talk about this all day. No, see, but you can't. You can't get get on Eli like that and change the topic to MetLife. No, like, no I'm not changing it. To Eli. One more. One more thought. How in the 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 FIFA World Cup is going to be the final is going to be played there? Wait, really? They could. They could. Yeah, they oh, couldn't God. have chose any other better stadium Sadly, to play. No. I, I mean, saw what are their people, options. I saw people on Twitter being like. 
oh my god it's just because it's and it's just because it's in new york city but it's not in new york it's city not in new york city but it's just because it's new york city they're like new oh my god never, new york city would never condone anything that ugly in contrary to popular belief no what L- go to go to freaking la get out of the east coast because you're only going to cause me more traffic and headaches all right i was just yeah. gonna say that yeah jesus all right um all right, yeah, I was. I guess I was avoiding the Eli conversation, huh? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, right. we're gonna, we're gonna, we've said, we've, we've kind of said everything that we needed to say, and we've kind of put like a half an hour into Eli. So I, I think uh, David, David thinks that it's other things other than Eli. Um, I did not say that. No, you think it's you think it's you think it's Shermer. No, now we're taking five more minutes for Eli. You think it's you think it's Shermer. And the play calling of the drag routes on third down. I also think we need to understand that Eli Manning is, I never at any point this season expected him to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. That's not him anymore. Which is insane because every every single other quarterback in the NFL, pretty much I think besides Josh Allen, there's like a fair expectation that your quarterback should be able to go out and throw the football for 300 yards. That's oh, the NFL today. That's the can. NFL today. I'm not – see, no, but that's where I disagree with you. That I feel like you said that's, that's the NFL today. Maybe for the majority of teams, but I think what the Saquon Barkley draft uh, drafting proved was that Dave Gettleman doesn't really care. He understands his personnel. And his personnel says, I have a – Aging quarterback who is still productive, who still can be productive, who is still a good game manager. So I'm going to give him weapons that aren't just deep ball guys, that aren't just guys who can stretch the field because that's not him anymore. So we're going to try to make this offense comfortable for him. Now, unfortunately, they did that with like forgetting that the best way to make a quarterback comfortable is to give them a, a good offensive line. But I think that's where I'm most frustrated with with this past Sunday, maybe this can actually segue us into something else. Saquon Barkley had 10 rushes, yeah. which just makes no sense to me. And I know you talked brief, you were talking a little bit about Saquon Barkley earlier and his usage, but I don't understand how you run the ball 10 times with Saquon, especially when one of them happens to go for 24 yards. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when you want to help Eli <laughs> and you want to try to, you know, let, you know, we we talked about extending the field and even like, extending expanding the pocket for eli the way that you do that is you get saquon going and then you set up the it sets up the play action and then it gets eli away from that offensive line and it expands the pocket for him you know i've always thought that this is one of the things that made eli so great in kevin kill drives offense set up the run play action pass throw the ball downfield and then you take your chances from there. You you get those safeties to come closer into the box. You get their eyes looking in the backfield instead of on the receivers. And I mean, I guess this is this is a very rudimentary way of looking at football, but I think it's it's worked, and I think it will continue to work. But what also makes it difficult is that you have. I I, I want to make a T-shirt oh, that man. says uh, that says like the 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 fullback is underrated, and. Shane Smith has been a disaster. Shane Smith has been a disaster, but he's not even on the team anymore, so goodbye. I was so excited for that. Not even on the team. 
Rashad Penny, brand new to the team. I don't really know much about him. Dude's pretty dude's pretty stocky. Dude's pretty big. I, I, don't, like, know, I don't know much about him either, no. Well, that's because nobody cares about the fullback, but True. What you do is you're if when you don't have when you have a fullback out there that doesn't know the playbook and he's brand new and he doesn't know what he's doing, then guess what? He can't be on the field. So then you are limited to single back, eye back, or you're putting Rhett Elson as a fullback. So you're limited to only one running back under center, or what they were really doing on Sunday is they were just running out of the shotgun. And running out of the shotgun usually is not as effective as running from under center where you can do more power plays as opposed to when you're running in the sh- running out of the shotgun where you're Though doing I actually more. tend to think the Giants are better in, the sh- in their shotgun running. I mean, I, because we've seen more of it. I don't think we've seen more uh, enough of an eye formation. Like you put, what is better than telling offensive linemen, this is the way that you block, run this guy out of New York City, putting a fullback in front of Saquon Barkley, and then that leaves him one on one with hopefully somebody in the secondary level or the or or past that, which is would which would be a safety. Like that that's what, a that is a beautifully simply way of putting that. It, no, it, it but, but it, it is not that simple. But even with even with just let's just say something just, doesn't go I, to but just, they don't do it, David. The starting center is John Greco. And he's played very well. He's played very well in the sense where, like, we haven't had to call out his name because he hasn't gotten blown up to allow a sack he on Eli. It doesn't mean he's, yeah. he's opening well, yeah, running lanes up the middle. You want to know why? Because Eli gets rid of the ball in half a second because he doesn't throw the ball down the field. Uh, because he knows he probably doesn't have the time to. See, I think, I think we, we, all, we all see the same thing. It's just a matter of looking at it from different perspectives. You say, you talk about the Wayne Gallman play, right? And that, that play was supposed to go deep. Yes. Okay. First of all, the only reason we're even talking about it is because Wayne Gallman fumbled. But let's not forget that that checkdown came in the middle of a drive that had reached midfield after I believe the game, I believe the game was seven to six, and the Giants needed the score. They needed the score because the tides were certain were certainly turning. It was either seven, it was either seven to six or nine nine to seven. One possession ball game. I'm sorry, it was never nine to seven. It went it went seven three seven six twelve seven. One right? possession ball game. It was one possession ball game for sure. And the Giants needed to score. They were at midfield. I think they were two first downs deep. And that play was going for, for five or six yards. That was not a check down. That was an underneath throw to a running back. And he fumbled the football. And it completely flipped the game upside down. Now, the only reason we talk about, oh, that play was supposed to go deep, that was because it was a fumble in the long way. If it was a regular six-yard pass completion, we wouldn't care. And what I think we all seem to remember is, usually we compliment quarterbacks for saying, no, you know what? That's not there right now. And now I understand that maybe on that specific play, the deep ball may have been there, but if it's in the flow of the offense and that, and I remember that drive, obviously I remember that drive distinctly. That was very much within the flow of the offense. I have no problem with it. Do you want to know what? what What begins to frustrate me is when it seems as if it's, third and 12, and we're designing plays to go six yards. That makes no sense to me. The play that annoyed me the most, the play that I think may have annoyed me the absolute most from this past game was, I think it was like a third and seven, third and six, something like that, at the 40-yard line. Throw a two-yard drag route to Odell Beckham, and he lost eight yards. Well, yeah, it, yes. Because yes, he tried to make a play, the, broke the, some tackles, but yeah. couldn't get away. Yeah. 
that's what frustrates me. That's that's Kevin Kildrive. That's Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. That's Pat Shermer. That's that's been a Giants theme for years now. And you're just doing it. You're doing it just for the sole purpose to get Beckham the ball in his hands. You're not doing it because I'm going to call a play here to try and get a first down. You're doing yes. it just just to put the ball in Beckham's hand. You know what was the just, most beautiful just, play call of the game? Just to say that you did it. So yeah, The most what? gorgeous play call of that game. I, I thought Pat Shermer for president. I'm thinking Pat Shermer has figured this out. First play of the football game. Well, for the, for the Giants offense. It's an end around to Odo Beckham. He picks up 13 yards. First down the first play of the game. Have you want to know what I said? You want to know what I said right What'd after that? Say? What did you say, pessimist? And that's a very that's a very Ben McAdoo thing to do. And I said, well, that's the last time we can do that. Well, there, no, there you go. Yeah, eleven I yards. Completely agree. That's it. But okay. I'll drive, and I and I and I understand we need to get off of Eli Manning, but everything goes back to Eli with the team. I feel like I think it's natural. Right. Um, the first drive of the game, right? The Giants. March down the field. The Giants did not face a third down until I think they were in the red zone. Went 75 yards, five minutes. It was a beautiful drive. One of the best drives in the guy had seen the Giants put together in a long time. And then it just stopped. They had 75 yeah. yards of offense on that first drive, and I think we had 28 the rest of the half. That's an issue. That's so been an I, ongoing I issue. I, I, that is, that is a, that, that's an enormous red flag, obviously. That you cannot tell me that's Eli. How do you go from a 75 yard drive? Eli didn't have any completion on the drive. They converted two third downs. They only, but they only faced two third downs. They picked up, I think they picked up five first downs on that drive. I'm going to encourage you. How do you go from that to then nothing? I'm going to encourage you. It's not, and everybody else, it's not being able to. Outmaneuver Sean Payton after he watches his defense get walked on, and they make adjustments. We don't make adjustment adjustments in return, and that's on that's on Pat Shermer. That's on um, why does the offensive coordinator's name escape me? What is his name? Sure. Yeah, thank you. That's on that. That's on them. That's not on Eli. Eli's playing within the offense. I'm sorry. He's playing within his offense, and that's the issue. He's not playing. If you watch film. On Pat Shermer's offense from last year, it's a lot more dynamic. There's a lot more energy. There's a lot more running the ball. There's also a lot of losing. Thirteen and three, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I'm thinking back to his Cleveland days. Oh, okay, yeah. Thirteen and uh, twelve and four. I don't know what they fit. They finished with a good record. There's it's it's, it's a lot more dynamic. So they were two. So, all right. Um, that's that's that. Give Saquon the ball more. It it will hopefully and ideally. I think help they will this week. Eli, too. I, well, you hope so. I think they will. And you got to keep going. You know, you you can argue. You know, you can argue that Saquon, besides the big home run runs that he's had this year, that have gone for sixty yards, forty yards, twenty yards. That the average yard, the the average yards per carry is not very good. It's got to be around two or three, but that can't be an excuse for you to give up and not run the ball. Ten carries to your number two pick in the draft is unacceptable. And again, this is what gets me so freaking frustrated is that in today's NFL, when Dave Gettleman comes out and says that the running back is in a dying position and he doesn't believe in analytics that 
running backs that you don't need to have giving your running backs some five, $10 million a year or, or spending first round picks on running backs. Kareem Hunt was the third round pick. David Johnson was blah, 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 blah. blah, blah all, every single running back in this freaking league, besides a few, have not been taken in the first round. So his explanations for why Saquon can, you are tapping and you're, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. What are you Me? tapping, Mr. Yes, you're tapping. I'm not tapping anything. Oh, jeez. I am playing with a pen, though, so I'll put the pen down. That, yeah, that's that's what I heard. It wasn't tapping. It was me playing with a pen. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right, but any, Dave Gettleman's lack of awareness in terms of where the NFL is at, it frustrates me, and especially when you see it after a game like this where he gets 10 carries. 10 carries? You hog molly advocate of the offensive line and you only give a running back 10, 10, 10 carries. It, it, it frustrates me. That, I, agree. That's I agree with that. That made, that yeah. makes no sense to me and it never will. All right. So um, let's, let's move on to positive things. Okay. Positive, happy. Um, I mentioned my guy, Russell Shepard, right? I, I mentioned, so I'm going to, yeah. let's just, let's talk about players that made us happy. Okay. And maybe let's talk about the defense. Cause the guys that I want to talk about that made me happy where two of them were on defense. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? um, I'll I'll go first. Okay. Because I love this guy. I would say I have a – do I have a favorite player on the Giants? I think I I do, and it's this guy. I I was going to say, we have the same player. It's the same same Landon Collins is my favorite favorite player on the Giants right now. I mean, the dude – if you want to talk about a guy that just makes everyone else better around him, Especially you want to talk about linebackers. Landon Collins is is that dude. Really is. The his ability to cover tight ends, his ability to play the line of scrimmage, even when he's not necessarily lining up in the box, his ability to stop the run, you know, it's one of these things where it makes everybody else look so much better because if he's not making those plays, particularly at the line of scrimmage, or particularly when he's coming up and stopping a running back, he had a few hits this week yes, that were he did. insane. But when he's not doing those things, that makes the defensive line look bad. That makes the, especially in a 3-4, it especially makes the linebackers look bad because defensive linemen in a 3-4, what their primary goal is, not to necessarily make plays and get sacks, but their primary goal and objective is, is to just plug holes. You want Snacks Harrison getting doubled almost every single play. And even if he's not having a million tackles like he was having last year, he's still doing his job. Even though he's still dominating, like, by the way. Right, Which even though insane. he is still dominating. Even though he may not necessarily have like the tackle numbers or the sacks numbers, if guys like Alec Ogletree and uh, B.J. Goodson, if, they're having, if their tackle numbers are high and if the Giants are doing a good job of stopping the run, which they did not this week, he's still doing his job. So Landon Collins makes everybody else look better, and he's a safety, and he does all these things. He's a linebacker. Linebacker, you know, kind of like uh, my one of my favorite players going back was Dion Grant, and it was his and it was his ability to be like this, this hybrid linebacker safety kind of player. That was like kind of like that was kind of like the first player that I saw do that. So the good Giants defenses of the past couple of years have always had one of those guys. I think Dion Grant. I think Antrell Roll. Um, Antrell Roll was that kind of guy too. He made a lot of plays like at the line of scrimmage that I thought. Most mm-hmm. safeties don't want to make. They don't want to. They don't want to get involved with that. And Lenny Collins is the best of all of them. 
gotta <clears throat> sign him. If the Giants don't sign Landon Collins and they chose to pay, I mean, in all actuality, you're choosing to pay a running back a lot of money in Saquon Barkley. You stupidly paid Jonathan Stewart all this money, That's including right. next year. And he's on the RR. I had an idea for a segment, and I think I think did I I don't even know if I released this episode where I had this idea for a segment, but I was going to pick one moment every week that, you know, on this week's on this week's uh what do you call it? On this week's segment called uh, things that Jonathan Stewart did wrong. <laughs> and I was just going to pick one thing every week that he did wrong. And I think we start. Yeah, I think we did do this one week because he like farted. Remember, remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the towel, we had the towel, the, towel the towel hang off his backside and he, and, and it's like, Oh, is there some kind of like extraterrestrial life going on behind <laughs> Jonathan Stewart's ass and kind of like blowing the towel? Just, that that was a powerful. It was it, he oh. got into one. I don't know what was. I don't know what he had before the game. He was probably having something like that Campbell's soup Donald McNabb used to have back in the day. Yeah, Jesus, I don't Donovan know what McNabb's that was, mama. All right, but anyway, so he's on the IR, and we're still paying him like three million dollars plus, like maybe like three and a half million next year. But Jonathan Stewart hasn't lost a step, according to Dave Gettleman. Um, uh, who else are we paying a lot of money to? Because of our inability to draft players, we are paying Nate Solder as the highest offense alignment ever, even though Nate Solder does not deserve to be the highest paid offensive lineman ever. He's been so asked that. Fun. Yeah, he's been eh, but fine, remember, I mean. he's the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL and ever. We're also paying, um, we're also still paying off JPP's contract, which he is no longer on the team, but Tampa Bay is helping us with. We are paying off Olivier Vernon, where is he? So we have all these guys, all these kind of like contracts that we're still working on here. Um, if they don't sign Landon Collins, if they don't find a way to do it, I will scream. They will. I'd be. I would be shocked. I will scream. I would be absolutely shocked. I will write John Mara a letter. You which do pe- people do that? People actually do that, and I think he oh, like, I know. to some of them. But I will um, write him a letter. What I think and, is interesting about Landon Collins is he was not having a great season up till this Sunday. This Sunday was like the first the first game that I really felt like he returned to form. He was making plays all over the field. I think he did. He end up leading the team in tackles. Do you know? He did. He, he did had nine. Yeah, yeah I, I, he was he was everywhere, and um. He hasn't made too many of those impact plays, like you were saying. He has the ability to make the entire team better, and I don't. Nobody think... has. Besides, yeah, and, Eli I don't, I, and I don't think, <laughs> and I don't think he had been doing that. I mean, he had the one really nice play against Houston. <coughs> Talk for a second. <coughs> I'm good. I'm good. All right, you're not allowed to talk bad about Landon Collins anymore. I'm. I'm ending that. Why? Because this make, is a this is a positive segment. You make me start talk, coughing. <laughs> yes, because oh, you started you started saying that he hasn't been playing that well. well this, to be this, week, this week he he was fantastic. Yeah, no, enough, enough, enough. He played well this week. I'm um, enough. Only positive things. Perfect. Great. Only positive vibes when it's for, when it's after 45 minutes. Um, one of the guys hey, that I yeah, go right ahead. I thought we were done. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. I was no, I was gonna I was gonna give my guy, but then I forgot that you have an opinion. <laughs> wow. Um go right ahead. I would say 
one of my guys would definitely be Damon Harrison. We already touched on him, but he he just makes so many plays that if you watch him during the course of a football game, like you said, maybe he won't make the tackle, but he just takes up so much space. He's such a massive human being. He's a space eater. He exactly, yeah. He forces he forces multiple guys to block him, and even then, he 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 just makes a lot of plays. He manages to push the line of scrimmage back into the running back, and just stretches out runs, and and then allows guys like Landon Collins and Alec Ogletree to make um, really important plays. I thought Janoris Jenkins was very good this past Sunday, actually. Um, Michael Thomas, who. We were all worried about Michael Thomas coming to this game. Had I think three catches, three catches, four targets maybe. I'm a big um, Jack Rabbit fan. I thought he played very, very well. I thought he picked up from where he left off last week. I thought he played well against DeAndre Hopkins last week too. So it's nice to see because he didn't have a great season last year. It's nice to see him back bouncing back for sure. My man BJ Hill got another sack. Yes, looking like a steal. Yeah, and. OV is probably, I mean, I'm going to guess that Olivier Vernon's not going to be back again this week. But there? Josh Josh yeah, Morrow? Chances are he's back this week, they're saying. Oh, really? Him and Eli Apple. They're both in practice. Well, that's, well, that's good. That's Josh good. Morrow comes back from suspension. So, give me, I mean, give me, give me the low, the low down Josh Morrow. I don't know a lot about him, but everyone's very excited. I, know, he's a, he's I don't a, know why. He's a, big, he's a big white guy. Um, I mean, yeah, that's great. But, like, so is Jim Finn. Like, I don't. Jim Fint, hey, the fullback is underrated. <laughs> I had to, I had to put Jim. We we're on the Giants podcast and we talked about fullbacks for a little while. Look, I couldn't fit Jim, Jim Fint. Jim Fint in Madden 07 on the PC was my boy. All right. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Because Madden 07 was my best year of Madden on the PC because I was so innocent and my Hall of Fame player was a running back for the 49ers and I had 14,000 rushing yards and I was a Hall of Famer <laughs> but my franchise but my franchise was the Giants and Jim Finn was fantastic so leave Jim Finn alone Josh Morrow is a guy who was suspended for like some kind of like PED use or some kind of it happens thing, don't worry about thing, it don't worry about thing Josh. That he wasn't supposed to do but now he's back, and he looked really good in the preseason. He looked really good against the Jets. I don't know much about him other than that. Depth. We need depth is always a good thing, David. I totally agree. I'm not saying I'm not excited for him coming back. I just don't know why people are. Babe, he he looked good in the preseason. Hmm. Uh, seems like a seems like a uh, what's his face? Um, you know the defensive coordinator that we have. That's probably going to be a head coach next year. Betcher. Yeah, James Betcher. Uh, well, here's what's interesting. Josh Morrow came from the Arizona Cardinals. Well, th- there you go. That there makes you a go. lot of sense now. Okay, now I understand. There you go. All yeah. right, so depth and hopefully, last year. hopefully we can uh, we can get a little bit more of a pass rush going because that's been a little um, it, like not non-existent not and not a thing. Vernon, so hopefully back, that'll help a lot. Yeah. All right, so that's my that's my kind of like positive players, and I think that's that's like it for me. Do we want to talk about? Carolina for a few minutes and like what we, we should. Do. I also I really want to point out. I know it's very people don't want to f- find people to talk positive things about on, on on the offense right now. But there's two guys I want to point out that had very good games this past week. Yes, um, Sterling Shepard had a very very good game. He's he good. Caught 
seven passes out of seven attempts, made some plays, did some things, caught a touchdown, also caught the two-point conversion late in the game. Um, so that's nice. Also, Chad Wheeler had a fantastic game. And I think we need to – I mean, we, we alluded to the offensive line being better and not being we, – we couldn't use the offensive line as an, as an excuse for Eli this week. And Chad Wheeler – Chad Wheeler has probably had the worst, like, welcome to the NFL stretch of two games he could possibly have considering he had to block J.J. Watt and then Cameron Wake in back-to-back weeks. That's just not fair. Um, but J.J. Watt did J.J. Watt things to Chad Wheeler. We're not going to talk about it. But Cameron Wake – Really didn't make any plays. Um, and I think Chad Wheeler did a great job. Boom. 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 All right, Southern Carolina. All right, the New York football giants will be traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina this Sunday at 1 o'clock afternoon to face Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Devin Funches, Greg Olson, who was hurt, I believe, and yes. company, and Ryan Khalil's terrible contract. And they will um, be playing them and trying to win their second game of the season. And um, Dave Gettleman's former former NFC Championship winning team. Yes. What What are we? Are, are the Giants going to win or lose? They're going to win. Okay, I think they're going to lose. Okay. <laughs> um, All right, that's going to wrap it up now. <laughs> I think. I think. The defense is going to continue playing well. I like I said earlier, I am worried about um, Cam Newton. I, I think this run for days. This team has shown they have a they struggle for some reason. They still don't understand the idea of like a read option. I mean, someone has to stay at home and like watch the quarterback because like he can still run with the ball. They don't seem to understand that concept yet. I'm hoping that James Betcher and, and company can figure out that like oh that can still ha- like they can do that. Um, I. I can't imagine they've watched a lot of tape on Carolina and they're not going to be prepared for the read option, but crazier things have happened. Christian McCaffrey is, has really blossomed into an all pro. Uh, he's, I think one of the more underrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't just strike fear into me the way Alvin Kamara did. Or the way the guy like Kareem Hunt does. I'm talking about running backs. He, he doesn't do that to me. Um, and now watch, he's gonna he's gonna go off. But I, I'm really most concerned about Cam Newton uh, offensively. I their receivers don't impress me. Devin Funch is Devin Funch is their one. Yeah, I think Janoris Jenkins is gonna be okay. Janoris Jenkins also Devin Funch is, is one of those bigger guys, and Janoris Jenkins has historically been very good against those guys. He ju- yeah. he just shut down Michael Thomas. He shut down Des Bryant for his entire career. Um, his entire career. Yeah, his entire career. Um, I, 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 Devin Funch is, is not, just doesn't strike a lot of fear in me. I'm not very concerned with the offense. The only reason I'm concerned about scoring points is not because of what Carolina is going to do. It's what the Giants are going to do. It's how are the Giants going to find a way to screw this up. But I don't know. Crazier things have happened, and they need a win. What do you think? I think it's going to be the same old, same old. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, as usual. Um, Let me ask you I, will, I mean, I will, I will admit, though, I, I thought the Giants were going to beat Jacksonville, and I thought that they were going to beat Dallas. I did not think that they were going to beat Houston, and I did not think that they were going to beat the Saints. So I think I'm – what's that? Uh, I – I'm like 
They're 0-4. I'm 0-4. Yeah, there. that's yeah. what that means. Yes. So. <laughs> um, no, no, I was right. I was right about this right week. About I'm 1-3. Yeah. Just like the New York football giants. So I yes. am a genius. Yes, that's what that I means. am a genius. Um, well, let me ask you a question. Because yes. you just said something that intrigued me. So you said the same old, same old. Wait, time out, time out. Yes. Nobody's ever asked me a question on my own podcast before. I'm usually the one who asks the questions, so this is quite an honor. I'm so happy. This is not for me. The honor's all mine. Uh, that you're able to have the wits to think of a question to actually ask me and get my opinion. Oof, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, you're throwing a little bit of shade at your at your traditional co-hosts. I think, uh, I, think no, I really am. I really am. I'm not comfortable being in this position right now. <laughs> um no, my my question is: You just said same old, same old, right? And right. I want to know, in your opinion, then what happened against Houston? Why did we score twenty seven points? Where did that come from? Houston's before that point lost nine straight games, mm-hmm. and they were definitely much more of a dumpster fire franchise than the Giants are, which is very tough to believe. But, um. Things went right, and I think that you know uh, a blind squirrel eventually finds a nut, right? And everything went according to plan. I mean, here let's um, I'm gonna pull up let, let's pull up some numbers here. Why don't we pull up some numbers? Why don't we go we? back to Houston and find, and pull up some numbers? I'm at least gonna go to Saquon. They gave Saquon the ball 17 times, total of 82 yards. He had five catches, which is a fair amount. The plays that were working that are supposed to work are the short, methodical plays. And again, Houston relies on their pass rush. They rely on putting six guys in the box. They rely on putting seven guys in the box and then having their corners go out there and try to make plays. And when you're putting so many guys in the box and you're putting so many guys trying to put the guys in the backfield, that's going to leave middle of the field options available to you. Rather than when the Saints are leaving seven guys, dropping seven guys into coverage, eight guys into coverage, when you throw the ball five yards down the field, defenders are going to swarm to the football. So you're going to have a lot, not a lot of yak. You're not going to have a lot of yards after reception, which is kind of what I think really the Giants just have to bank on when you throw the ball four or five yards down the field. They got Saquon going in better ways than they did, than they have previous weeks, especially this past week. And they and that catch that Saquon had to set up the game-winning touchdown against yeah. Houston was unbelievable. But the Giants, they they made that game a lot closer than they should have. They mm-hmm. really they in that second half, offense was inept. Stopped, stopped. They were at a train. What is that? What is that? I don't even know what I'm saying. I have no idea um, where you're going with that. I'm not even going to help you. I'm not even going to. Offense was bad second half. They couldn't do anything. They made that game a lot closer than it should have been. Agreed. So that's what oh, I, I was think. Just curious. I'm, I'm not disagree- disagreeing with any of that. I was just curious to hear your analysis of that. Because yeah. that that first half against Houston, they looked fantastic, the offense. I thought yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be the magical 30-point game we've all been waiting for. But lo and no. behold, no, we didn't score until the fourth quarter. It's fine. Same old, same old. All right. All right, do you have a give, let's do score predictions. Oh, I hate score predictions. Well, I think the Giants it. are gonna I think the Giants are gonna score 35 points for the first time since 2009. Stop it. Stop it. 
All right. Um, no, you really do hate score predictions if you're going. I think I think the Giants. I think the Giants will lose twenty-four to fourteen. Giants are going to win twenty-four twenty-one. I I, I take I take it back. I take it back because the Giants have had the tendency to do very well in garbage time. So I'm going to make my score twenty-seven to twenty-one. All right, but it's not going to be that it's close. Not going to be that game. close. Fair enough. Because fair enough. that's that's what they've done. They did it against Dallas, and they did it against the Saints this past week. However, oh my God, was it? I wanted to. I kind of wanted to talk about going this. to say. I, I don't wanted know to. About that. I wanted to talk about this earlier in the episode. But how where you're going much of a heartbreaker was it when? Because you think that the game's over, right? You think that the football game's over, but then the Giants score that quick touchdown, mm-hmm. they make the two-point conversion, and now it's eight points, and then you're thinking to yourself, all they have to do is stop the Saints, and then Eli just has a chance. Oh, my God, that, that really hurt. All right, I was thinking, all right, David, really, David, when, David, David, when David, was, David, 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 David. When Eli was about to take the field, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be the most beautiful moment of poetic justice ever. Eli's going to march into the field against the eventual Hall of Fame quarterback. We're going we're gonna to beat did the you, Saints. Did you really think that at the stadium, though? I did. I really I did. I not. I have not seen that Eli since that that Eli since right, we stop, were just there. stop. I'm, I'm all right. So any any closing thoughts, David? Any closing thoughts? The Yankees are on in 15 minutes. Closing thoughts are: It's been a pleasure to be on with you, Justin. Um, I hope you have me again. I hope maybe I'm on again next week and we are discussing a Giants victory. Um, one way or another, whether I'm here or not, when the Giants win this Sunday, you better have an ep- you better do an episode with them winning because I want to hear you talk about how Eli Manning had a completion percentage to over 75% and threw for 275 yards and like two, two touchdowns and was just a solid game manager. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter at jpenix 74 Do you want to promote your Twitter, David? Yeah, sure. Um, my Twitter is at David double underscore palace. Do, do we follow each other on Twitter? I don't think we do. We probably should start doing that. Well, I think you would get angry at my tweets and you might eventually block me. Oh, I'd be happy to. Oh, okay. All right. So um go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. Also, let's go Yankees. I was just about to say that. Go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees. Don't ruin my outro. And you know what, everybody? Keep on bleeding blue. Peace.